Here's something I've been loving on my run lately, Curex. Curex is a leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex, your body will thank you too. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And hey, this is Dimity McDowell checking in right before Labor Day weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no big plans on this end. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, so yeah, where do we go from there? Labor Day weekend, usually going somewhere, doing something, running a race, training for something, and no big plans. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, do you have any exciting runs queued up or somewhere where you're going to go, Sarah, that you haven't been or something like that? Well, I am, I'll be running by myself. I don't know if I've mentioned that Molly is not running right now. Her, um, she got a cortisone shot this past Tuesday, I think. And she said she already was having some relief from it, but she's been, um, on the injured reserve list for a while. So we haven't run together for a while, but we are going to go swimming together on Monday because, uh, tomorrow she is helping her oldest daughter run, a 50k she's going to crew for her daughter who's running basically a 50k up on the wildwood trail which is oh, cool. a beautiful trail that dim i know you've been on um here in portland yeah a long time yeah, yeah so, she's doing that solo or is it part of a socially distanced race or i have to find out i have to find out i <laughs> i'm so out of it i texted the daughter's name is lane and i just adore her so i texted her yesterday on thursday i was like hey good luck with your run tomorrow and she's like uh-huh it's actually saturday i'm like that's right it's not friday today <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sounds all very covid yeah yeah so but it's going to be hot here we're having a streak of hot weather so i'm glad to be back running in the morning because last weekend the second leg of my relay my virtual relay race that we talked about in the most recent episode of amr podcast Oh my goodness. I ran at, I was the penultimate runner on my team, Dimity. Good so word. Good word. I, I ran second to last. 3, second to last. Yes. I ran at 3 PM, ran oh. for an hour at 3 PM. And I was just raring to go. I was so fired up. I was just really excited. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do at least six miles. Like I'm going to, you know, just really bang it out. And so set out a little too aggressively and boy, it was Okay, so it was only 77, but for Portland, that's really warm. Um, Sure. And I'm not used to running in the afternoon. And boy, that sun is strong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it can be. That sounds very much like the second leg of a Ragnar, right? That's the hardest one, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're like neither here nor there. You're not coming home. It's not the third, you know, and it's not the first with the energy. So that sounds like, it sounds like a perfect relay leg is what it sounds like. (laughs) So I... I went out too fast in my first two miles and then I really just had to hang on. And, um, I had, I walked a few times, um, you know, which for me is a big deal. Um, and I just, and it wasn't like, I thought, okay, once I get to that stop sign, I'm going to walk for a block. It'd be like, I'd be running and I'd be thinking that I was kind of surviving and suddenly I'd be walking like, wow, <laughs> some part of my brain must've said to start walking, Slow down. Um, <laughs> particularly because, my gosh, you can feel so good. I can feel good in the shade 
and then <laughs> go where it's not shady. It's like, wah, wah, wah. it is much, much hotter. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> for sure. Well, good job. Good job. Yeah. Run walking it out. No, no, yeah. no shame. All good. Yes. Yes. So uh, I was very pleased with that, that I, I did. Um, I think I hit 6.02. So I did. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it kind of leads into our first question, which is from Holly in Everett, Washington. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Holly from Everett, Washington, just north of Seattle. Um, I am a mother runner to two and a half um, kiddos, and I love my sleep. It is um, one of my most prized possessions. Getting an extra few hours of sleep is so um, helpful for me personally, but I have heard so many times you guys talk about morning runs and morning workouts, and with um, lots of crazy schedules with two toddlers and a preteen. My workouts tend to be a last minute in the afternoon as I'm feeding home and need to get dinner on the table situation. So I'm wondering if you have any good suggestions, um, tips, pointers about how to change that habit and start off as a morning workout warrior. Um, It's been so great to listen to you guys, and I love hearing everything that you guys are bringing to the sport of running um, and the badassery of mother runners. Have a wonderful day. Bye. I love Holly that you say the badassery of mother runners. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I totally empathize with you on uh, getting your sleep, making your sleep super important like that. You know, like we talk about it's vitamin S it's like the, the, (laughs) it's the thing that you can't get any other way except for lying prone in your bed. So you got to prioritize that. Um, That said, you know, I don't know, like everybody has different rhythms, right? And so I can't, Mm -hmm. it's, it's super hard to shift them. I will not, you know, say like, oh, if you're used to going to bed at 1130, hop in bed at 830 and see how that feels, you know? <laughs> um, but there is something that, you know, correlates between an earlier bedtime and an earlier rising time. So, you know, if that's something that's interesting to you to see if you can kind of make that morning routine a little bit easier, you know, um, I, I remember talking to sleep ex- experts, you know, you come back 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, if your bedtime is normally 1030 and say you want to get it at nine, you know, every week, just kind of pull it back by a little bit, a little bit. Don't, don't eat the whole enchilada at once, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Because, Dim, what what time do you go to sleep? Because you you really um, set the standard for going to sleep early in my book. Well, it's always been, I mean, that has always been my natural rhythm, you know, and my mom, that's been my mom's natural, like, it's very genetic. So I sometimes feel like I have to, like, apologize for it. Um, I usually no. go to sleep, go to sleep around between 9 and 9.30. Um, but I am known, I really love getting in bed, um, at like the 8.30 <laughs> to 8.45 mark. Well, just because then I'm not going to, then I have time to read, right? If I get in bed at, mm-hmm. and, and that's, and this is like a, a great night. Like last night I got in bed at 10 and still read for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely isn't like every Look night I'm, I must be in bed. I know. Yeah. Right. Well, I was doing some work for AMR, so <laughs> burning the late night candle. Um, but anyway, the point is, is, um, I like to be able to read for like 20 minutes. And so, and I get very drowsy mm-hmm. reading. Like Grant is somebody who, like if he's reading a good book, it keeps him up all night. I'm like, there is not a mm-hmm. book that could keep me up all night. If it was like <laughs> pointing daggers in my eyes, you know, like it just reading and just totally brings me down. So what yeah, about you? What's yeah. your normal bedtime? Yeah, well, it's definitely changed during these COVID times. I uh, go to bed a little later and sleep a little bit later, although I've been just naturally shifting back. Um, 
I, and as it stays, um, you know, the sun comes up later now uh, mm-hmm. that it's September. And so hmm, to answer your question though, I, well, like last night I went to bed at nine 30, that was early for me. Typically it's in during COVID times, it's been 10 or 10 30. Um, occasionally mm-hmm. it's even 11. So, um, but Dim, I have borrowed, um, a page out of your playbook which I know because you and I, when we traveled for work, would oftentimes share a hotel room and you were always very fastidious and I admired it about setting out everything before your workout. Like, you know, particularly because there were a couple of days that you'd be doing a workout in the morning and I'd, maybe I'd plan my rest day or something. So you'd be kind of like creeping out of the hotel room without trying to wake me sure, up. Sure, then I'd throw everything in the bathroom, right? And try to, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Put my stuff in there. Yeah, yeah no, it's... It is um, really important, I think, to have everything laid out because any, I mean, I think Justin Ross, the sports psychologist said, you know, I think it's, oh gosh, I'm going to mangle his words, but basically it was like a 20 second rule. Like if something takes more than 20 seconds for you to process, get to, you know, find, it's going to be a hurdle, right? Because then you're like laying in bed and you're like, oh, but my, my black, Capris that I wanted are drying downstairs in the laundry room. And um, my sports bra, I think it's in the drawer, but it might be hanging in the bathroom still. And, oh, I need mm-hmm. to charge my Garmin. And, and all the, you know, it's very easy to create gear-related excuses. So when you pull your mm-hmm. stuff together, and I mean, it, it happens for me now even that I'm not running. Like I remember posting once on the Many Happy Miles app, like I could tell that the, my morning workout the next morning, just by the way I was feeling the night before, was going to be a hurdle. And I knew mm-hmm. like setting up my bike on the indoor trainer, it's not hard, but it takes time, you know, and then I have mm-hmm. to find my heart rate monitor strap and get the water bottle and, you know, get mm-hmm. the fan set up and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this tonight when it's going to take mm-hmm. me five minutes. And then I'm going to know what's waiting for me in the morning instead of mm-hmm. letting that be like, oh, I'll do it later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, cause then you don't want to, if you, you know, opt to ignore your alarm, then it's when you go downstairs to like put the laundry in the dryer or something, you're going to be faced with, you know, greeted by your bike all set up and you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I avoided you. I didn't, I didn't sit on you this morning and get in the miles I wanted to. So it's a little embarrassing, you know, to have to face your bike when you didn't use it. So yeah. So I've now started to do that. I don't quite go as um, methodically as you. I know that it's, you would even like put out the banana that you're going to eat. Sure, sure. That. Yeah. I mean, anything yeah. that you can do that, you know, that could be a hurdle or is hard to find, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, sunglasses mm-hmm. or a hat, or if it's going to be cold and, you know, if you're coming into cold weather and you need light gloves, like get those out, you know, just, mm-hmm. just make it. And, and, and honestly, it takes so much less time than you think it will, especially when you're kind of on a mission, you know, the night before. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not like it's a 20 minute process. It's three, mm-hmm. three, four minutes, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, okay. So speaking of that alarm, I know dim, it sometimes can be tough for you to hear it. So, um, you know, t- let's hear that mantra that pulls you out of your drooling on the pillow dreamland. <laughs> oh yeah. The don't think just go. I should say it with much more vigor. Uh, don't think just go. And that's, I mean, gosh, that's been um, a mantra around these parts for gosh, as long. I mean, I remember the, I remember writing that um, probably 10 years ago and I, I liked the symmetry of it and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like, it's, it, it is the thing that is going to get you out of the house. And um, I talked today about uh, a little bit in the column about showing up. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of it is just getting going, just showing up, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. putting on your clothes. You may not feel like going for a run. You may not feel like doing a strength workout. You may not feel like whatever you have to do, but 
but but by physically showing up within a couple minutes after that, mentally you show up as well. And then that, that happens 9.9 out of 10 times. So, um, so yeah, so don't think just go. I mean, it's just kind of a, a correlation of showing up variations on the theme, but just don't let your brain dictate what your body does in the morning. Just there put it on go. autopilot and go. I like that. I like that's a new way of saying it. I mean, don't let your brain, I'm writing this down. Dictate what your body does in the morning yeah. or when you're like in bed, <laughs> lying in bed. <laughs> um, so, and also uh, having a friend for accountability, Holly, you know, um, can really be something that gets you motivated, gets you out the door. And I, I find gets me a little more excited to get out the door that I'm, I'm going to, Oh, I'm going to have some social interaction with someone. How novel. So, um, because, Dim, I don't know if I've told you, but, you know, Jack, my husband, is now um, uh, doing, he's walking. Let me try to spit mm-hmm. it out. He's walking. So he is getting up at 6.15, which is very early for him. And um, he meets a friend to do laps at the track. That is so, so great. Congratulations, yes. Jack. That's great. I love yeah, that. My stepdad yeah. had one, too. He had a, he had, it might be a like a... Of an, a middle-aged man thing because um, he had one going in yeah. Arizona too. He was getting up early and meeting a friend for a walk, which I found so dear. You know, I think like a yeah. lot of guys don't do that. So good for Jack. And yeah, I mean, that accountability is is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's something that's available to you, either in the form of um, a virtual accountability, like a text or meeting somebody, mm-hmm. you know, on the, at the track or on the street corner and running at a safe distance, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently started wearing a new model of running shoes, and I really like them. Then I substituted Curex Run Pro insoles for the flimsy factory insoles, and my feelings for the shoes switched from like to love. Curex insoles provide flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. Before, the shoes felt a tad bit sloppy, now I feel at one with them. Curex is the leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support, whatever your arch height. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three options high, medium, and low. They have a thin, non-bulky profile, yet deliver maximum support and comfort. I'm no longer putting in marathon training miles, yet as a middle-aged runner, I usually have some body part or another talking to me. Yet this morning, as I was pulling on my running clothes, I realized I'm currently 100% pain-free. Knock on wood. I think running on Curex insoles is a big reason. Try Curex insoles for yourself, risk-free, today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us. All right, this question comes to us from Rose in Ellington, Connecticut. This is Rose from Ellington, Connecticut. Hi, Serendimity. I have a question about donating blood and running. I'm a regular blood donor. I have O negative and CMV negative blood, so my blood can be given to babies, and I want to donate as often as I can. Uh, However, I often feel lethargic the next day or two, and I don't like to try to run. How can I fit this into a training plan? Thank you. Well, first off, Rose, thank you. Blood, this this will sound a bit cheesy, but I mean it sincerely. Blood donation is an important community service thing to do, but it's even more so now during the pandemic because it seems that some donors are shying away from being exposed to strangers at donation sites. And 
Um, so it's all the more important, particularly given that um, Rose has such a um, high in demand and able to be used blood type. So um, hats off to you, Rose. Look at her knowing that. Like I always have to go and like look back. I'm like, wait, what do I, what am I again? I, that is not something I can remember off the top of my head. But I am a little bit rare, so that was good when I donated recently. But Sarah, you're you're a big donator. You have it on your calendar regularly, right? I do, I do, and I have it thanks to you, Dim, because um, you and I had kind of just been talking about giving back and um, our propensity or or not of doing that. And just something you had said was kind of ringing in my ears. And I pulled, I was waiting a stop sign after getting off the freeway and it was right next to the Red Cross. And there was one of those sandwich boards. This was a long time ago, sandwich board out. And it said, um, you know, something like walk-ins welcome, you know, donate blood today or something. And I could, and I was like, yeah, Timothy thinks I should do, you know, do more, um, you know, and, and kind of give back a little, be a little more generous, be, be a little less youngest child, maybe. <laughs> so, so middle child Dimity spurred youngest child Sarah, and um, some blood. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so for me, I definitely Rose's question really resonated with me because when I have been on training programs, I do I really take care to plan out when I donate because there have been times that I haven't, and then I'll go out and do a workout and just feel not my best. And sure. my short-term memory is totally shot. So I'll be like, huh, I wonder why I felt so drag-assy on my run today. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, so like, yeah, I mean, how, what, I mean, talk about that. Like, how do you yeah, feel yes. like the morning after you donated? Yeah, so, um, so my way of doing it, because if I run the next day, I definitely, I feel um, slower and just like there's no pep in my step. And that when I am out there and I think about like, oh, I'm going to go five miles, just even saying five miles at that point always just makes my body feel daunted. And so I now donate on Thursday mornings when I donate because um, I do that after my workout. So in a typical time when I donate is Thursday morning after my workout and I rehydrate really well because Fridays are my rest day, even when I'm not on a training plan. And then I have nearly 48 hours to recover before my Saturday workout, which is typically a longer, slower run. There you go. There you go. Uh, wow. You're very methodical about it. I don't, I don't do it quite as regularly as you do. I need to, I mean, I've, I've done it recently. Um, I had just had to cancel my last one because I had a kid related thing. So I need to get back in there. Um, but I just, I just, uh, yeah, I don't do it methodically at all. I'm like, all right, Wednesday at two, that sounds good. And then I remember the last time I did, I was like lying on the couch that night and I was like, oh my God, I can't even stand up. Like I am so tired. Wow. And, and um, I mean, I think it was, it was at the beginning, it was towards the beginning of the pandemic. It was definitely mm-hmm. March, early April. So there was a lot, you know, coming at you <laughs> yes. um, on top of, you know, everything else. I mean, I could stand up, but I was just, I was really dragging and I was like, what is going on? And then, and then, uh, and Grant was like, Oh, and I think I went to bed at like eight that night. Actually, that's what it was. Grant was like, really? This early? And I was like, yeah, I'm just really tired. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I gave blood today. <laughs> that's the thing. So, you take off the, the big red, you know, the tape that holds on the little yeah, cotton yeah. pad. And you're like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, there's that little poke hole in my arm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but, but um, Rose, definitely if you are going to be doing a race or you just have a time that you want to feel peak, um, you know, wait to donate blood. Because when I am in a training program, I don't, 
I give myself about a month before the race of not donating and then wait until closer, um, you know, sorry, wait until after the race or the hard effort. And so like, even when I'm in a marathon training cycle, once mileage gets up around 16 miles or so, I put a pause on donating blood because, you know, that's just takes a lot out of you if you're not going to have a whole lot of recovery afterwards. Sure, sure. So yeah, so just a little PSA, you want to drink well before and after, which I probably didn't do either at my (laughs) two o'clock appointment. Um, And then I was like, so like, I got to get out of here that I didn't even like partake of like the you know, or the, the Cheez-Its. Oh, like, I was just about to say the Cheez-Its. I love the, the Cheez-Its. The like, juice box. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, okay. So, so before and after drink well, and um, if you want to, if you want to really like, you know, boost yourself as much as you can eat some food um, with a bit um, higher in iron, such as like lean red meat, eggs, dark leafy vegetables, dried food. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, very cool that you're doing that, Rose. And we encourage everybody, if that's in your wheelhouse and you have a donation centered nearby to, you know, maybe put it on your calendar for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Kelly in Morgan Hill, California has a question for us. Hi, this is Kelly. I'm a mother runner from Morgan Hill, California, just south of the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm calling with a question about compression. Um, and specifically compression sleeves for your calves. I am coming back from a torn calf muscle, uh, which I got midway through Love the Run series uh, 1.0, and uh, my PT has recommended wearing a compression sleeve on my calf when I run, and so I was wondering kind of favorite brands, what to look for. I'm a little bit overwhelmed by what I'm seeing on the Internet. Thanks. Ugh. I am so sorry that you have a torn calf muscle. No fun, but the good news is that you've already seen a PT and mm-hmm. you've got some things probably that you're doing besides um, a compression calf sleeve. Um, so um, there's two different kinds of, well, there's lots of times kinds of compression for your lower body, but um, mm-hmm. if you're thinking calves, you're typically, mm-hmm. you've got sleeves and socks. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty pretty self-explanatory, but the sleeve obviously doesn't have feet on it. So it's something that you, a lot of people wear while they're running um, mm-hmm. because they can, it gives some, some nice, good support and blood flow. Um, socks are harder to wear while you're running because, I mean, I have a hard time wearing socks period because they squeeze your toes pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there are people that, you know, who have very beautiful little narrow, you know, pencils for feet that, that can do that. I can't do that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and then also, you know, when you wear sleeves, then you're able to wear your favorite running socks, or if you, um, don't enjoy wearing running socks, so you can just be barefoot inside your running shoes, whatever it is. Um, so here's a few brands that we love and can personally vouch for. And I know Dim that you're going to kind of give us a few more details about them afterwards. So um, Lily Trotters, which we um, particularly love because they make really, really cute, um, very pretty patterns. It's a women's own company. Uh, They definitely support women. They have amazing um, ambassadors who take really great Instagram photos. Oh my gosh. Um, and, uh, they, the, Lily Trotters dubs themselves the maker of beautiful and badass compression. So it's right. You know, they're like-minded as we are. And so they make high quality medical grade compression products. Um, and so Dim, you learned something about Lily Trotters, didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, if we want to get a little technical, and this is something that, you know, maybe you guys already know, but um, the, like compression is measured in millimeters of mercury, which is MMHG. Okay. Mm-hmm. No quiz after this, so don't worry. <laughs> um, but the bigger the number, the higher the compression. So um, so uh, lily trotters tend to be between 15 and 20. Um, CEP, which is another brand, um, tends to be between 20 and 30. After you get above, I believe it's 30, um, then it becomes medical grade, meaning you need you need a doctor to weigh in um, mm. on that. Um, and so, if it's if compression is something new for you, you know, a moderate compression like a Lily Trotters or something like that might feel good just to um, ease into it. It's not like you want to like manhandle that calf. Um, but you could also ask your physical therapist what what he or she recommends. Um, but just know, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the problem. Like I can wear Lily, Lily Trotter socks a little bit better than I can wear CEP socks because mm-hmm. it just has a tiny bit less squeeze. It doesn't mean that's less, you know, it doesn't make them yeah. lesser in any way. It's just a different um, it yeah, it's a little bit more boa constrictory, the CEPR. But I mean, yes. CEP is pretty much the gold standard of compression socks and sleeves. I mean, they're the... I would, I'm just guessing here, but, um, the most common brand out there, most well-known brand out there. And you and I, uh, both written articles about compression socks and sleeves and products and stuff back in our freelance writing days. Um, and then there's also Zensa, which I get a sense that they're a little bit more into sleeves. Um, or at least that's when I've um, kind of looked at their product line, they, they definitely have a fair offering of sleeves. So that's something for you to look at Kelly and be prepared to plunk down about $30 for a quality pair, you know, getting just a pair of tight, cute socks that costs, you know, nine 95, that's not going to hook you up, particularly given that Kelly's coming with into them with an injury. So sure. um, really um, be prepared to um, have just a little bit of um, dent on your visa card when you pay. Sure, sure. And I will link to those brands in the show notes, um, Kelly, because mm-hmm. like Zensa is probably not an easy one to spell off the top of your head. I don't remember. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And this final question is from Perry in San Diego. Hi, guys. This is Perry in San Diego, California. And I had a question about running on the sand. I was wondering if there's any outstanding benefits or harm um, of running on the beach with or without shoes. I live right near the beach. And have always wondered about adding a beach run to my routine, but I've never found solid evidence one way or the other about benefits or risks. Um, thank you guys so much for your input. I really appreciate the podcast. Keeps me company on my runs. And thanks again. Appreciate it. Bye. Well, thank you for the love of the podcast, Perry. Um I I think I speak for Dim when I say we wish we could join you on a run in beautiful San Diego by the ocean. Um, so when I first heard Perry's question, Dim, I thought immediately a beautiful Caligny beach at Hilton Head Island. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that because that was the setting of our retreat, which was just a little over six months ago and seems a lifetime ago, (laughs) but, but before running on Caligny, I would have steered Perry away from running on the beach because I just had some not good experiences. I went to the Oregon coast for a weekend. Um, I think it was about two and a half years ago. And so I was like, Oh, I don't want to run on highway one Oh one. I'll just go on the beach every day. And Ooh, three days in a row of that. Um, I came home with 
plantar fasciitis that had, I'd had a little niggle or two beforehand, but I really attribute running on the beach for um, pushing me all the way into actual PF category, plantar fasciitis category. So because it was just, you know, it was a lot of stress on my arches, my ankles, my calves. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then we went to Hilton Head, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, we had, pl- I had plenty of reservations when you came back. You're like, no, 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 you can run on it. And I'm like, because my, you know, I've never really run, run on a beach. I mean, mm-hmm. I, back when we used to go to like spring break in Florida, like I would end, you know, like, and I would like run for a little bit on the beach to go down and, you know, finish by walking in the ocean and putting my toes in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's like running in, I mean, it's like running in quicksand, right? I mean, it's very hard. You know, you you go, yeah. de- you have to, you go down into the divots. You know, it's it's definitely a big muscle recruitment. So, um, you know, Caligny Beach is is flat. I mean, it's at, at low tide, right? So there's certain beaches yeah. that are going to work well at certain times. Um, it's firm. The runners barely made footprints on the beach because their feet didn't sink into the sand. It's a little like running on a packed trail. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and then people were skeptical too. Uh, our so races skeptical. that came down to Hilton Head, our, our retreaters, um, and, and ran that race, but they, you know, pretty much enjoyed it. You know, I mean, certainly it's a little bit of a, an adjustment, but it's not, um, it's not as like, oh my gosh, you ran on a beach. You know, it's definitely got uh, more of a trail feel to it, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, but doing some research about this, I I was stunned. There's several studies that have found that running on softer sand, so further away from the water's edge, so really unaffected by the tide, is a great option for runners once or twice a week to lessen the impact on the body. So that, you know, instead of, you know, pounding, pounding, pounding every single workout, these studies were saying, no, 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 go ahead, go down and run in that softer sand. Um, Wow. And, uh, I, I, okay. I do you want to link to those studies there. Cause I'm like, Whoa, I don't know. I mean, the thing about it is, is you just have, I mean, if you do try to do that, it, you know, obviously be super aware of twisting an ankle. Um, you know, I think it should be thrown in very much like just very, very sparingly, you know, don't go and do a five mile run mm-hmm. on it for the first time. Right. You know, maybe go mm-hmm. and do or like, three or three days in a row, like or three like days in a row. Yours truly exactly. Did. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Your pace is obviously yeah. going to slow and your workout will be more challenging. I mean, if you want a different surface to run on one that I know that a lot of running coaches recommend is grass, right? Like that one, I feel like we can endorse a hundred percent. See, but that was, that was what the studies were saying. They're like, Oh, it's a great alternative to grass. And I'm like, really? Uh, well, maybe that's like, maybe it's like for the high, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you can do what you want, but I feel like grass is, it's, it's got a nice, um, you know, if you could go to like an infield of a, a track or, you know, even a park or something like that and go do that. Um, and if you want a change of pace first and then see how that feels. And then if that feels good and you want to go try the beach, maybe do that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a stepping stone between pavement mm-hmm. and the sand grasses. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. I did some st- strides with our friend, uh, Melissa Gilly on a, ga- a grass field, like a soccer field where my kids had you know played, um, over the years and stuff. And, um, it's challenging. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's not, but it's, it's, but it's forgiving too, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, so it's my turn to say we need more questions. Those are great <laughs> questions. Thanks, you guys. That was a really fun variety of questions. If you've got a question, uh, give us a call at 470-223-2771. Uh, give us your first name and where you're calling from and uh, try to keep your messages to about 90 seconds or less. 
And what does that phone number spell out, Timothy? Oh, it spells uh, 47 badass one. That's 470 <laughs> badass one. Yes, yes. And we'd love if you'd follow our training, life, recommendations, um, seeing our Instagram lives. Uh, um, uh, we are at the mother runner on Instagram. And um, yeah, like I said, we're kind of every other Friday we do, um, we call it our many happy hours, Instagram live. Dim, I believe you are on tap for one on September 18th at um, uh, 4.30 your time. That's mountain. So 6.30 PM Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. There you go. So, yeah. 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 Look, come and see me be a DJ. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> it is hard to talk with no one to talk to. That is not my strength. So I pull people on. So especially if you want to talk about your running in front of a crowd of mother runners, um, that's the place to be. Yes. Yes. We'll keep the questions coming because we're here with answers. Answers.